Okay, please. Do. I was going to say, please do be sit, sit down, but you're a bit eager. <laughs> we, uh, uh, we meet in Glyndor University uh, most weeks, except when it comes to Christmas, and uh, then we have to be moved around slightly. So, um, just so that you know, uh, I'm actually speaking at Chester Street Baptist Church on the 27th at 10.30, so I'll be there. Um, then on the, 3rd of de- on the 3rd of January, we're actually meeting in the evening at Chester Street. And then on the 10th of January, there's a bleep, on the t- <laughs> is it me? Uh, on the 10th of January, we are actually meeting um, uh, in the Catherine Finch Centre, uh, which is our new home. And they're on the back on the table, you'll find some little posters which will show you the front of the building and tell you where, you are, where they were. What is that? It's an alarm. It's frightening. Okay. <laughs> Can I just thank the band ever so much? They've done brilliantly. We, we did all this this morning uh, once, and uh, so this is our second time. So the band have actually heard this whole sermon all the way through. So I'm going to sit down. They're going to do it instead. But just for the band, I thought that, being that you, you heard it before, I thought I needed to change the start. So this is nothing to do with you, but it's to do... So I'm not going to do Billy Whiz, but I thought I'd read you something. I'll do the dandy. Cow pie was good. I just thought I would read... I'm just going to go over here. So this is just for the band, okay? So you can listen, but I thought... This is for you just because I know that you were bored this morning. These these were... um, The following questions were set in last year's GCSE examinations in Swindon. And then it says Wiltshire, just in case we didn't know where it was. These are genuine answers from 16-year-olds. I, what I've done is that I've let, I can't do the rude ones because I'm supposed to be a pastor of a church, but I'll let you read the rude ones afterwards, okay? And this is going on the internet, so I'll get into trouble. So here's, here's, here, this is a clean one, okay? Uh, explain one of the processes by which water can be made safe to drink. Answer, flirtation makes water safe to drink because, you got it, because it removes large pollutants like grit, sand, dead sheep and canoeists. (laughs) You're not supposed to listen. Okay, question, how is dew formed? The sun shines down on leaves and it makes them perspire. (laughs) This is one for the older ones, the younger ones won't get this. What are steroids? They're the things that keep carpets on the stairs. (laughs) Question. What happens when your body, what happens to your body when you, when you age? When you get old, so do your bowels and you get intercontinental. (laughs) Question. How do you delay milk uh, from turning sour? Answer. Keep it in the cow. This is one for the children. What is a fibula? Answer, a small lie. (laughs) What does varicose mean? It means nearby. (laughs) Question, what's the meaning of the term a caesarean section? A caesarean section is a a district of Rome. (laughs) Come on. 
Question, what is a seizure? That's a Roman emperor. <laughs> what is, oh, there's three more to go. What is a terminal illness? It's when you are sick in the airport. <laughs> this is one for the old ones. Uh, use the word judicious in a sentence to show that you understand its meaning. Now, hands that judicious can be soft as your... <laughs> And finally, and I'm going to be in trouble with this because it's on the internet, uh, what is a turbine? It's something that an Arab or a sheikh wears on his head. Okay, Okay, Phil, can you put my first slide up? Okay, what I'd like to speak on this evening, and uh, before sort of mulled wine and uh, mince pies and uh, whatever, is the subject of the incarnation. And what I've got to deal with first is that I've got to deal with uh, what the incarnation is not. Because I know that you're thinking, well, I know what the incarnation is. But actually, I want to do first what the incarnation is not. And what I want to say first is that the incarnation is definitely not condensed milk. It isn't. I've left that on for you. I read that out this morning. I'm not going to read it out again. But you can do that. But I just want to tell you a story about carnation milk and my father. My, my mother used to have one of those tea trolleys. Do you remember tea trolleys? And if we had a guest, the, the guest would be, we'd be sort of presented with the tea trolley on, a, on an afternoon. And my mum would pour tea from the tea trolley. And that was how it would work. And if we had guests for tea then what we would have is that we would have something like this. We'd, we'd have pikelets or crumpets, whatever, whatever part of the country you come from. We'd have sandwiches, we'd have peaches and what is called cream or trifle, and then we would have cake on a cake stand. If my father wanted to, I don't know, embarrass my mother, because my mother thought that cream was condensed milk, he, what he would do is, I don't know if you can remember this, he would bring in the carnation tin and the way that you opened it was that you pierced it on two ends. Do you remember that? And then he poured it out. And what he would do is that my, my dad would walk in with the tea trolley with the tin on it. So, and this would create a lot of angst for my mother who, would, who was, we were only council house people and my mum was trying really hard uh, but that was the problems of the carnation milk. So the incarnation is not the carnation milk. It is also not a carnation. And I'm not going to attempt to either say uh, the Latin part of it. It's just to say that if you haven't yet bought a, a Christmas present, guys, for your wife, can I suggest some of these? That's the reason that that's up there. The reason that is just to prompt you, David, in case you haven't done anything yet. Phil, you're laughing. Just get on with it. You've got just a few days, but just do them. The Indian guys are still laughing. You can still send them back to India. You've got time. Can I recommend carnations? So what is the incarnation then? Well, the incarnation is literally uh, referring to something which is called the infleshing of the Son of God, where Jesus becomes a human being. The second person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Son takes on the form of the person of Jesus of Nazareth. 
So the person that we've been singing about is the incarnated Jesus of Nazareth. And we find it in the Bible, it's what Fleur read. It would have been what Jonathan was going to read. Dr. Jonathan was going to read that, but he's on call and uh, at the Myler Hospital. So one would presume that something happened in ear, nose and throat, that he got the call out, he didn't come, so he got Fleur. So we can have a round of applause for Fleur. And in Fleur's reading, uh, right at the very end, John chapter 1 and verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, which is literally what the incarnation is. The word became flesh and lived here. Lived here. So if you were around at the time that Jesus was born, you'd have been able to touch him, speak to him, walk down the road with him, go to Costa Coffee with him, whatever that you seem is fitting. That's what you, that would have been what you'd have been able to do. He, he dwelt amongst us. But what I wanted to do is just take that verse and I want to divide it into three so that we can explain a little bit about what the incarnation means. And the first is that it refers to him strangely as the word. The word and the word refers to the Son of God. In the beginning with God and he is referred to as being there right at the very beginning. And he's referred to as the Word. The Word was there right at the very beginning. And in, in eternity past, a decision was made uh, beyond time almost in heaven where God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit were together. I don't know whether they were together around a coffee table or, you know, any a lacy thing. I don't know what would be there in heaven. But there they were. They were together. They existed in perfect love together, perfect joy. They existed uh, together in perfect harmony. And uh, what happened is that they made a decision. And the decision was that the Word, the Son of God, would become flesh. That he would be born in the first century as a Jew and in a stable. Now I want you to imagine that just for a minute. Because it, the Bible tells us very clearly that, that the, 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 the Trinity have no material substance to them. And yet, what we find is that here comes Jesus, born in a stable. Can you imagine if you were God, if you were part of that trinity, with limitless and boundless scope, and suddenly you thrust into this small frame, relying on a single mother to care for you. That's extraordinary, isn't it? So, the word became and became doesn't mean that he ceased to be god because that's what you can think you can think okay did he did he leave that there and suddenly become a baby no in becoming man he didn't leave his divine nature it means that he became a man and took on the nature in addition to his divine nature if you like to his godly nature so now he's got two natures Kelly knows about two natures because there's the two natures and probably more of Nigel Lloyd 
There's the, there's the happy nature, which is sometimes between May and October. That's when I'm at my most happiest, because I don't like the cold. And then after October, the best thing that I can do is hibernate all the way through to somewhere to the end of March or something like that, but a little bit later than that. That's my two natures that I've got. And what we see here is that we see, we see this person that had two natures, the nature of God and the nature of a man. The son of God, and he didn't have to pick between them. He didn't have to sort of say, well, now I'm God. Oops, now I'm man. They were running absolutely parallel in his life, both at the same time. He became, he became, the word became flesh. Now, flesh isn't merely this wonderful specimen that's standing in front of you that you admire incredibly. I'm just going to wink at my wife. Okay, there we go. (laughs) But if you think about it, flesh is... It's, we're more than flesh, aren't we? we? We have emotions and minds and wills and, and all that sort of thing. And the book of Hebrews tells us that to save, for Jesus to save us from our sin, that he would have to take on the same nature as us. So we'd have to feel exactly what we were feeling, think exactly what we were, would think, cope with what we would, we would have to cope with. That's extraordinary because you've, he's lived as God in heaven and now he's having to cope with all these emotions that you and I have that come and bombard him, all the frailties that sort of come with, with just living on planet earth. He's now got them. Except the Bible says that although that he had those things, he was without sin. I don't know how you cope with the frailties of your body and the frailties, but he's, he coped with his without sin. And in the incarnation, everything found in humanity is found in him. The Son of God didn't only become like a man, he actually became a man. And he became a man so that he could, on man's behalf, bear the sins for humanity. A man needed to be punished. So he had to be a man so that he could take on humanity's punishment. So the eternal Son of God, without ceasing to be God, took on human nature, and that is the incarnation. And I just think that is magnificent. I just think that's just... He was doing that for me. You know, no, no palace, just a stable. But he didn't do it because, oh, well, I can do that. The, the question we have to ask is, why would he do that? Why would he leave heaven? And the answer is that the Bible tells us for us and for our salvation. So if you want to know what the connection is in this little tiny baby and you, is that this, he left heaven for you. For you. You were the reason that he left heaven. It's quite a privilege, isn't it? Here he is in heaven and he thinks, 
I love them so much. I'll come and do this for them. For me. For me. But it says not only for us, but for our salvation. So he wanted to leave heaven, not just for us, but so that he could save us. And the word became flesh to save us from our sin, which he did on the cross. And when we see what he did on the cross, it leaves us free to just marvel, doesn't it, at the, uh, and the incredible grace that he extended to us. And the fact that we can enjoy God and enjoy heaven and all the benefits that come uh, with that. The incarnation. Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. The Trinity. Unswervingly for us. They did not want us to die without restoring to us what they designed for us, which was a relationship with them. But I don't wonder whether you've ever considered this. What if Jesus had not come? What if the things that we just have sung about, they just weren't there? I don't know whether you've ever to stop to think that. What this earth would have been like if the Son of God had not been born in a stable, not died on a cross for our sin, was not raised to life on the third day, and did not ever return to his Father, or even promise that he would return again. I've just put some things together. Some of them are personal, some of them are not just to help you to try and picture some of these things. I, I may not have existed. That's extraordinary. Because I, I belong to um, several generations of, of people who followed Jesus, who went to church. And I don't know whether I would have existed. You're th- saying, we're... <laughs> we know what you, you you're not supposed to cheer at that point yeah, it's, but actually if I didn't exist I wouldn't have had two daughters one of which is here this evening I would not be speaking to you right now as a pastor of a church why would I do that if it were not for Jesus why would I come out on a daft night like this high up on a hill in the freezing cold Surely I'd be better off watching Cranford. Some of you think not, but the other guys are going, what is Cranford? There would be no Gateway Church Wrexham or any other churches ever. Just think about it. When you go on holiday or when you travel, how many churches you see? They're just part and parcel of life, aren't they? The church. Small, large, with bells, without bells, with dog collars, without collars, with purple, with suits, without suits, big bands, no big bands, all that sort of stuff. Churches are everywhere. But can you imagine that there would not be one in your town, not be one in your village, 
There'd be nobody that ever said to you that they went to church. There was, there'd be no christenings or baptisms or funerals in the same way. There would be none of that. The date that is referred to this year is still referred to as the year of our Lord 2009. In a few days' time, it'll be the year of our Lord 2010. Strange, isn't it, where you get those phrases from? The year of our Lord. We would never hear or sing a single Christmas carol ever again. Some of you go, yes! (laughs) Some of you actually like them. But when you have carol singers... This is just my beef. When you have carol singers, don't they turn up on your sting and they sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. It is not a carol. (laughs) What you have to say is, here, I've had some printed. Go learn it. Come back. Sing me a carol. Then I will give you something. You think I'm serious? (laughs) There would be no place names that would refer to Paul or Peter, so St. Paul or St. Petersburg, or places that refer to Corpus Christi. They just wouldn't exist. We would never have heard of the disciples, the Apostle Paul, people like William Tyndale, John Wycliffe, John Knox, Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, Billy Graham, C.S. Lewis. Make your own list. Those people would have not ever figured in history like we know that they figure. There would be no organisations that you and I know like Wycliffe Bible translators who have translated the Bible all over the world into umpteen languages. There'd be no Campus Crusade for Christ, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship Navigators, Tear Fund, the Red Cross, the Methodist Hospital, the Salvation Army, Christian Booksellers and Bookshops, Youth with a Mission, Operation Mobilisation. Because they would have no purpose apart from Jesus. Oxford and Cambridge universities would not exist in the form that they exist today. We would have no such books as Tale of Two Cities or Dickens' Christmas Carol because there's no point to Christmas. We would have no films such as Ben-Hur that would come on every, what? Christmas. And last for hours. And hours. You can go to Sainsbury's and do your shopping and still come back and Ben Hur's still running. There would be no chariots of fire or Narnia on the, on the, uh, on the big screen. We would have never heard or sung such hymns as Great is Thy Faithfulness. All hail the power of Jesus' name. When I survey the wondrous cross, then John Newton would still be a slave trader. God would not have met with him, and he would never have penned Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
It was Christians who got together because they saw that young children, street children, ordinary children, uneducated children, without money, deserved an education. It was Christians who came together and saw street children and said, let's make a home for them. Somewhere where they'll have clothes and food and a roof over their head. It was Christians that saw the sick left in the streets and said, surely somebody should care for them. Idioms would never have been brought into our language. So you wouldn't talk about Mrs. So-and-so that pops round with the milk and the sugar when you're unwell as a good Samaritan. Because there just is no good Samaritan. There's nobody that you would refer to as, oh, so-and-so, they've just gone a bit off stray. They're the, like a prodigal son. There would be no stories like a lost sheep. You wouldn't have expressions. So if Phil did hit me, you wouldn't say to me, Nigel, just turn the other cheek. He'd just keep on pelting me. Well, you wouldn't have an expression, would you? Come on, go this second mile, formed in the Bible. Or even love your enemies. There would be no missionaries that would have ever gone to another nation or we would have never received a missionary. It could be argued that the United Kingdom's founding documents would not be what they are had Christians not put them together. Meaning our laws would be different. Thou shalt not murder. Here's some interesting ones. These are just uh, people groups. The Wananari Indians of Ecuador would still kill white men. But today, they baptize their children. The Arawakan Indians in the Caribbean, remember those? I told them that this morning, just for the ones that weren't there this morning. This is for you, Peter and Matt, you weren't there this morning. You know when you see the old black and white movie? Do you remember those? Good. You want the ship that goes in to, to the bay, yes? And then they get out and it's like the rowing boat and they're all rowing up like that. And as they get out to the top, they see there's a fire going in a big pot and there's usually a white man in it, isn't it? Okay? That is the Arawakian Indians. But they're no longer cannibals because somebody told them about Jesus. And descendants of the Mayans and Chipatas of Mexico would still sacrifice their children instead of teaching them about God. Extraordinary thing. One child to be sacrificed. It sounds inhumane, doesn't it? One child. Can you imagine the... In our society, we think, well, which child should we sacrifice then? Then somebody comes in and says, you don't have to sacrifice any of them. Because Jesus 
said to the children, come and sit on my lap. See the difference? Wow. That's just outstanding. The prophecies in the Old Testament would never have been fulfilled. Can you imagine that? The whole of the Old Testament. We'd look at the Old Testament and we'd say, well, what, what's that about then? We wouldn't need it. When, the, when Andrew read this, this morning and this evening, he read from Isaiah, he was reading something that 700 years later would happen. And there's loads of them all the way through the, the Old Testament. None of those would have any point. So we'd still be sort of, oh, well, it's just, not, it's just rubbish really, this, isn't it? The devil would not have been defeated on the cross. Nobody would ever be able to be saved. God would be a liar and death would not be able to be conquered. The New Testament would not have been written. There would be no mediator between God and man because Jesus would not have been born. Which means that we would remain dead in our trespasses and sins. We'd have no access to the Father We'd have no heaven. There would be no offer of forgiveness. There would be no point to mercy. There would be no love that we can receive unconditionally because of Jesus, because Jesus did not come. It would be a very sad state of affairs, wouldn't it? Just what is the point? But he did come. He did come. There were people that travelled thousands of miles to see him. And there were people that just dropped down the hill. And there were kings that wanted to kill him. And there were people that wanted to follow him. And whether you hated him and wanted to kill him, or whether you wanted to pop down the hill or travel miles to bring gold, frankincense of myrrh, the one thing that you knew is that he was there. He was there. You went to see him. He was born. And I just want to say this, please. You know, may the realisation, the global, the historic realisation of the sweeping impact of his birth his life and his death awaken you to the greatness of who he is. And for you to follow him and enjoy him and get to know him. I just want to finish by just showing you this, if I may. It's just simply one of these things. I'll put it on here. It's not very clear, is it? But it doesn't matter. It just shows the quality of my scanner thing. There's a load of these out there. They're just on the table. Like that. You can have the short version. That's the short version. Just like that. Or you can have the long version like that. Okay? I'll cope with that. Okay? There's just a lot of words on that one. And I need my glasses to read that. But it just tells you what all this Christmas thing is all about. 
And he just says quite simply that God loves you and did something about it by sending his son. He tells you why he did it. Because we've sinned. It tells us that Jesus died for us to correct that problem. And it tells us what we can do. And there's one of those, you can take one of those with you. You can do the short and the long version of it. So thank you very much for listening.